0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee, Crime, and Storytime. It's me, Danielle. Sorry about the long break. Uh, Being a mom who works two jobs and a kid whose social schedule is booked much heavier than my own kind of made it unavoidable, but I plan to be much more diligent. How are you all doing? I've missed you, and I'm really happy to be recording again. As an apology, I'm doing something I don't normally do. A well-known case I have a tendency to avoid these not because I'm afraid of them though of course I always worried that I won't do them justice it's more a matter of knowing that they've been done before and it's been done multiple times but this story has come by a special request by a beautiful friend and my favorite bartender so Jen this one's for you grab your drink and sit back While I tell you the story of Kaylee and her mother, Casey Anthony, it's July 15th in 2008 in Orlando, Florida. Cindy Anthony calls 911 and tells the dispatcher that her daughter Casey, who's 22, needs to be arrested. She's calling about her daughter stealing her car. She states simply with that, but as the call goes on, she begins to reveal more. She tells them that her granddaughter, two-year-old Kaylee, has been missing for 31 days now, and her daughter has admitted that Kaylee has been taken. When police arrive at the Anthony house, they proceed to ask Casey where her daughter is and she tells them that she dropped her daughter off with the nanny at the nanny's house a month ago, and now the nanny won't give her back. She states that the nanny's name is Zenaida Gonzalez, and she refers to her as Zanny. She tells police she didn't call because she was worried that they would harm her daughter if she did. She tried to search for Kaylee herself, and when she couldn't find her, She then became too embarrassed to tell anybody what happened, so she went to her boyfriend Tony's house, because that seems like the right thing to do, right? So Casey agrees to show them where she lives, and the police take her along, but the apartment that she points out is completely empty, vacant, no furniture, no signs of anyone. And after speaking with the landlord, police discover that uh, the apartment, Casey pointed out, has been empty for months. Not only that, but no one by the name of Zenaida Gonzalez had ever rented at that complex. They begin to question the case further, and she tells them that she has two co-workers who can back up what she's telling them as she'd confided in them all about it. She tells them that she's an event planner at Universal Studios. And so the police now take Casey to Universal Studios to go speak with her co-workers so they can establish a timeline. Funnily enough, upon arriving at Universal Studios, Casey approaches security looking for admittance, and they deny her, stating she doesn't work there. She gives them a name stating it's her supervisor And they state that there's no supervisor there by that name. She continues to argue with security, who, in seeing the police, decide to let them proceed in. She leads the police through the facility, all while waving and greeting other employees. But after a while, they reach a hallway that's a dead end. This is where Casey turns to the officers and finally admits that she does not work at Universal Studios. She isn't an employee and she gives up the charade and the police are none too surprised. She tells officers she has no idea where her daughter is, but the police notice she seems very apathetic to the whole situation. Casey is then arrested and charged with child neglect, and Casey makes a call to her parents, which of course is recorded. She isn't weepy or worried though. She's angry. In the course of the call with her mother, she denies having anything to do with Kaylee's disappearance. And all she wants to do is tell her mother to have Tony, her boyfriend, call her. Cindy begs for more information She only wants to know what's happened to her granddaughter, but once again, Casey denies everything. Enter Tony Lazaro. Police have found his location and go to speak to him and his roommate, Clint, who deny knowing anything about Kaylee's whereabouts. In fact, they didn't even know she was missing. They confirmed that Kaylee had been at the apartment before, and she was always welcome there and she was very loved. But Casey stopped bringing her by about a month ago when she would show up by herself. They said she'd tell him that she was either with the nanny or she was with her grandparents, and it never really raised any alarm bells for them. So as the investigation continues, police realized something. That 911 call we talked about in the beginning, that wasn't the only 911 call Cindy Anthony had made that day. She'd actually made three different calls, One call was Cindy telling the dispatcher that she had located her daughter's car, and it smelled horribly. She actually stated it smelled like there was a dead body in the car. The car was located at an impound lot. It had been taken there because when the car ran out of gas, Casey had simply abandoned it off the road. I Come on, I know she's only 22 at the time but who just abandons a car and never goes back for it because it ran out of gas? Police are wildly familiar with the smell of decomposition, unfortunately, and they recognize it as soon as they open up the car at the lot. After a cadaver dog alerts on the trunk, they open it to discover that while there is no body, there are a few human hairs, and the unmistakable signs of decomposition after speaking to cindy again and inquiring about her remark on the scent of the car she tells them that she would just discovered trash and pizza in the car police know that that's not what generated the smell and continue to question her on it again but she sticks to her pizza statement Zenaida gonzalez the nanny is also eventually located Um, well, maybe not, because Zenaida Gonzalez has never met Casey Anthony. She never babysat Kaylee, and she has no idea who any of these people are or why she's even been brought in for questioning. This just points to more deceit from Casey. Casey's lawyer, Jose Baez, no longer allows her to be questioned. She's released on bond after a month. And put on house arrest to await trial. The public is outraged. They are staking out the Anthony House, demanding that Casey speak. Thanks to Florida's Sunshine Law, everything is public. And all of the info you've heard, they've basically been hearing real time as well. The nightmare continues as there is no sign of Kaylee. Months pass, and the next break happens. Roy Crunk, a meter reader, calls police to tell them that he found an object in the woods near the Anthony residence, like 200 yards away from the residence. And the object, it's a human skull. It's then that police search and find the tiny remains of a child, a child disposed of in a laundry bag wrapped inside a Winnie the Pooh baby blanket Tissue and duct tape were also located. December nineteenth, two 2008, the medical examiner confirms what everyone knows. It's that of two-year-old Kaylee Anthony. After ruling the death a homicide, a warrant is issued to search the Anthony house, and they find plenty of evidence. The laundry bag she was found in was sold in pairs, and the mate was found inside the home. Kaylee's room was decorated in Winnie the Pooh, but her blanket was missing. Casey is now charged with her daughter's death, and she pleads not guilty. But the justice system isn't always swift. Three years pass before jury selection begins, but time has not erased the case from people's minds. They're actually queuing outside the courthouse to volunteer for the jury. During the course of the trial, the prosecution begins to plead their case. One witness states that Casey wanted to give her child up for adoption when she found out she was pregnant, but her mother forced her to keep the baby, painting her as a girl who never wanted to be a mother. The prosecution uses the car as further evidence, showing the body had been located in the car at some point. Tissue samples indicate trace of chloroform, and the home computer turned up a search for the uses of chloroform, and the duct taped across Kaylee's skull had been placed over the mandibles, meaning it had been across her mouth and her nose. They state that Casey had used chloroform to render Kaylee unconscious, and then used the duct tape to suffocate her while she was out wrapped her in her blanket and laundry bag, kept her in the trunk for a few days, and eventually disposed of her daughter's body. There are even testimonies that Casey was out at bars and partying either after having killed her daughter or while she states her daughter was missing. A tattoo artist stated that Casey even showed up and got a tattoo around that same time. The tattoo said, Bella vita. Life is beautiful. But the defense counters. They state that the morning of June 16, 2008, Casey and her father, George, found that Kaylee had drowned in the family's swimming pool and that George had disposed of Kaylee to protect his daughter. Uh, and then they go one step further. They tell the jury all about the sexual abuse And then they go one step further. They tell the jury all about the sexual abuse Casey Anthony had endured at the hands of her father since she was eight. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. The Anthonys were astounded. This was a complete fabrication, and it was all done to get Casey off as not guilty. They even used George's attempt to end his life in 2009 as a confirmation of his guilt. George Anthony, of course, denied it, stating that that attempt simply had to do with his absolute despair at the loss of his granddaughter. Just another gut punch. 33 days of testimony and 11 hours of deliberation by the jury and the verdict comes back, not guilty on all charges. Not guilty. Well, I take that back. She was found guilty of lying to the police, but they counted her time served. And Casey Anthony walked. And Kaylee Anthony? Well, she never receives any justice. No resolution. No one held accountable for a life cut short after two simple years on this earth. Just nothing, but a little girl wrapped in a baby blanket. So, what do you think? I wanna know your opinion. I know there's been a new documentary released for Casey herself, but I'll admit I haven't watched it. I can't bring myself to. Have you? What did you think of it? Thanks for joining me today. You can follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and TikTok. If you have a story you'd like to hear, or one you'd like to tell me, email me at storytime at gmail.com. I'm going to get started on my next cup of Joe, and on to our next story. And as always... Until next time.